Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Roam Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roam. today's episode, I'll preview the Commanders' top fantasy football options for the 2022 NFL season. They have some top options for players for you to grab during next year's fantasy season. Also, take a quick look at some of the top players around the NFC East to target in your drafts. Lots of preview, so here we go. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. BlueChew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code LEAGUE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com, promo code LEAGUE, L-E-A-G-U-E, to receive your first month free. Starting at the quarterback position for the Commanders, obviously is a new quarterback in town, Carson Wentz. Um, you know, Carson obviously is hoping to turn his career around to an extent. Obviously, he's had a couple rough three-year stretch, two-year stretch between Philly and Indianapolis. Um, has to stay healthy, which he's done for the most part the last couple of years. Um, but I'm hoping that he has, you know, a he's re, you know, rejuvenized by um, this new situation in Washington. Uh, uh, he he has the most talent he's probably had of any offense he's been around with Antonio Gibson, you know, McKissick, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Deami Brown, Cam Sims. Um, you know, guys of all that nature. He's never had this much talent to play with and throw the ball to. So. For that purposes, I think he can have a really good actual season on the football field that will help you know Washington be a playoff contender. But for fantasy purposes, I think he could be a really solid QB2 uh, for people and a low-end quarterback one, especially if you have a guy on a bye or if a good matchup play for Carson, especially those first couple weeks going against Jacksonville and Detroit. Um, again, this could be a little more optimistic for me, but I, I think he can... He's going to probably have 4,500 passing yards as long as he plays all 17 games. Uh, I think he can have you know between 29 and 32 passing touchdowns, the most for this team's had probably since Kirk Cousins, you know, five six years ago. And then I think you know he's hopefully will bottom up around 10 or 11 interceptions. So he had seven last year for the Colts. Um, if he can keep that number around seven, that'd be perfect. Even if he gets a 10 or 11, that still really helped his team win and, and keep them you know in the race in the NFC East and NFC playoffs in general. So I think Carson would be a good play um, again as a really really good quarterback too for you for a guy that will always be on your bench if your QB1 goes down or a low-end QB1 if you you know wait a little longer for a quarterback to draft next you have Antonio Gibson running back 
Obviously, uh, I think he's an RB2 this year in fantasy. Um, the biggest thing with him is going to be looks like a committee approach now with J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, he has RB1 potential if they just continue to feed him the rock like they probably should. Or if, let's say, Brian Robinson gets hurt or McKissick gets hurt, then Gibson's going to pop back up. Um, Gibson obviously had a really big run last year once McKissick got hurt because Gibson really came off the field. He stayed on the field for third, third downs as well. So, um, you know, Gibson's a guy that I'm very high on. I think he is potential to be a top 10 running back in this league um, and that he really should show that this year even with a lightened workload keep him fresher he's cut down on his weight um, lost some body fat um, it's really going to make him quicker and faster um, once he gets an open field uh, it's not going to really you know bother him going against running between tackles too he's always been a thick strong running back and um, tough to bring down so I think it's not going to change even with him losing a few LBs so um, Gibson's a guy I really love uh, I think he should get three in touches this year um, you know, maybe anywhere from you know 225 250 carries um you know 40 to 50 receptions obviously that's probably a little lofty considering how much mckissick's a part of the passing game um but either way i think 300 touches is definitely in his wheelhouse um between you know attempts and uh, catch that of the backfield i could see him getting 1200 yards rushing uh, playing the seven full 17 games like he really do that he could easily do that he had a thousand yards last year in 17 games but he you know missed some cuts had some fumbles uh, so i think once he has more experience and gets better uh, at that running back position he's only gonna you know get better so i also could see him having 30 to 40 yards receiving out of the backfield because um, i think he could play with mckissick in the backfield hopefully you know give them both options for carson to look out um as check down options and i could see gibson having anywhere from 12 to 15 touchdowns between rushing and receiving he had you know 11 his rookie years are just clearly running um, so he could easily eclipse that um, here in 2022. Then you have J.D. McKissick. Uh, I mentioned Merlin just now with Gibson. I think he's a flex option in PPR leagues because um, I think McKissick's going to get 50 to 60 receptions. He had 80 receptions in 2020. Last year was you know a tick down because of his injury. Uh, but he's a guy that this team loves, um, and he's a great, great guy to have out of the backfield. I think he should get some more carries than actually does because he's an effective runner when he you know, does get the opportunity. But again, I think he gets 60 receptions. I can see 700 total yards maybe 450 to 5,500 yards receiving and another 250 rushing just because he doesn't get that many opportunity. And I can see him having five to six touchdowns as well. So um, McKissick is a guy that you could target in your PPR leagues, maybe not as much in the standard league, um, but, you know, PPR, again, that pump perception is really big um, for a guy like J.D. McKissick. Then you have rookie J uh, Brian Robinson Jr., third-round pick from Alabama. He's more of a back-end option to have in your roster. Might not be a draft old player at first, but if Gibson goes down, um, he's going to be, you know, in that RB2 consideration because his team's going to run the ball. So Ron wants to do, keeps some pressure off of Carson. So, you know, it would be a good guy to have just your handcuff if you have Gibson. I can see Brian Robinson Jr. getting about 100 carries, you know, 350, 450 yards and five touchdowns because he's going to get some carries inside the 10-yard line, you know, in the goal line situation. So um, Gibson's good at that as well. Uh, but I think Brian Robinson Jr. is more of a pounder is what he did at Alabama. So I think he's another guy um, just to really have on your roster to be a handcuff, especially if you have Gibson. Moving on to the receivers, you have Terry McLaurin, um, obviously coming off that huge extension, which he you know, definitely deserved more than anything, more than any player this in recent memory for this Commanders franchise. Um, he's a wide receiver, too, with wide receiver one potential. Um, really, this is all contingent on Carson, and if Jahan Dawson and Curtis Samuel take some pressure off him, Terry is, has a wide receiver one potential in fantasy, but he just hasn't been able to hit it just because of poor quarterback play and continuously being double covered and heavy roll covered just, you know, um, towards his way. I think he's going to have a true breakout this year. This year, having a competent quarterback like Carson Wentz will really you know, do wonders for him. 
Uh, I think he's going to have a career high in catches, yards, and touchdowns. I'm saying 90 catches, around 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's obviously considering him playing all 17 games. Um, but he has all the talent to do that easily. It's just really uh, making sure Carson stays healthy to get in the ball, making sure, sure Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel step up on the opposite sides of him. So I think Terry is a pure number wide receiver, pure wide receiver two in fantasy purposes. Again, with the potential to be wide receiver one if everything breaks right. Because he's a stud. I think he's, you know, he's only going to get better. He's putting all the work like he always does. And I'm really, really excited to see him with a quarterback that can actually throw the ball down the field and hit him in stride for once. Because that's really been very rare for him in the first three years of his career. Then moving to rookie Jahan Dotson, the first rounder, 17, excuse me, 16th overall out of Penn State. I think he's going to be a solid flex option for you all year. I'm really high on him. Obviously, he had a great OTA session and minicamp session throughout the spring and summer for Washington, building a really nice rapport with Carson. Um, Carson obviously has a good feel for him, obviously throwing to him more than he's even thrown to Terry so far. Um, so Dotson's a guy that I think is going to be really trusted from Carson from day one. I think Dotson can have 50 to 60 catches, 800 yards, five touchdowns. He's going to be working out of the slot on the outside, probably mostly the slot at first. Um, but he's a guy that's I love the way he runs route. He's a smart cerebral player. I love that story of him in OTAs where he set up Kendall Fuller on back-to-back plays where he ran in breaker out of one, sold it again the next play to get Kendall bite, to bite on it and broke outside and uh, became, you know, had great separation. So if he's already doing that in OTAs as a rookie, he's only going to continue to get better because that just shows how dedicated he is to watching film and working on his craft. So Dotson's a guy that I think could easily eclipse 800 yards this year in his first year in Washington. Then you have Curtis Samuel. He's the ultimate wild card. I think he's another flex option for you. Um, I think he could have 100 total touches at least um, based off his, you know, if he stays healthy, whether it's 50 catches and 50 carries all year or whatever. But he's going to get some carries out of the backfield as he rightfully should. He's a good running back. Um, good running. I mean, he's good running out of the backfield. He did in Ohio State, so it's obviously very natural to him. I think he can have 1,200 total yards for, between rushing and receiving, you know, maybe 700 yards receiving, 800 yards receiving, three or 400 yards rushing, um, and you know, seven to eight total touchdowns. So I'm really high on Curtis. I think he's a great option to have in this team. They really missed him last year. Obviously, it was a horrible lost year for him with the injury, but he's a guy that's always been dynamic and continued to, to be dynamic as long as he's healthy. So um, Curtis is a guy that I'm really expecting big things out of him, and you know, hopefully he can take this offense to another level and take some pressure off of Terry and Jahan Dotson. Then you have receivers that obviously probably won't be drafted, but if a guy like, you know, God forbid, Terry or Dotson or Curtis Samuel go down, De'Ami Brown, someone to consider. I think he's going to be a deep threat for this team regardless. He's going to get some run. Carson's going to, you know, be able to look for him downfield on, you know, go routes, deep post routes. So, um, again, probably not a draftable player, but someone maybe to keep on if top three guys get hurt in the Cam Sims. He's by far the biggest receiver they have. Um, big target that I'm sure Carson's going to really, you know, look for, especially in the red zone. So Cam's another guy to consider if one of those three goes go go down. Cam, obviously, his playing time might be limited at first. Um, but the talent is there, especially if, you know, he gets the opportunity to get consistent playing time. Tight end, you have Logan Thomas, really only draftable player for Washington. Um, he could definitely miss the first couple games of the year coming back in that tourney CL. Um, so I think he can, you know, have 50 to 55 catches, you know, 500, 600 yards, and, you know, seven to eight touchdowns. Um, he's always been a great threat in the red zone since, you know, coming over to Washington here in 2020. Um, and Carson's always been, you know, fond of tight ends, whether it's Dallas Goddard or um, obviously Zach Hurts going back to his Philly days. Um, and, uh, he had a little bit of rapport with Jack Doyle and Moelle Cox in Indianapolis last year. So I think Logan's a guy that he's going to work with and you definitely look for in the red zone, that big target, you know, big comfortable target that Carson likes throwing to. So Logan's, I think is easy. We'll get, you know, seven to eight, you know, maybe even closer to 10 touchdowns. I think he's going to be someone that Carson really leans on in the red zone. And then um, the other options at tight end, obviously, are John Bates, who, you know, definitely could start those first couple games. 
it's more of a you know really good run blocking tight end but he can definitely has really solid hands not very dynamic after the catch but i mean he does have some flashes like against dallas that second game where he had that 25 30 yard t- uh, catch and run that he had where he broke some tackles um so probably you know maybe you're really you know lean on tight end options the first couple weeks maybe someone to look at cole turner's probably going to make the roster another guy's going to be a really good red zone threat for this team he's he actually went to carson's throwing camp last week in california so he's obviously you know put in an effort to you know build a rapport with carson and then agg if he makes the roster another guy that could get some more reps if logan's gone those first couple games so yeah in summation i think logan is probably a tight end one that's because there's not a lot of tight end ones in fantasy this last couple years but i think if, once logan gets healthy he's definitely a guy you could feel comfortable starting um as your, your normal number one tight end. Okay, moving a little bit on to the NFC East, not going to go too deep into these guys. Uh, I'm going to do more fantasy football previews as you know the summer winds down and uh, as we you know move past training camp and even you know into preseason and you know when drafts really start to really pick up. I know some are already started right now, but I know a lot of people wait you know towards the end of preseason to um, you know hold back from injuries. So um, as a, it's probably the right way to do it. But anyways, yeah, obviously NFC East, you got Dallas, Dak Prescott. You know is a QB one, especially when he um, as the running dynamic to his game, obviously he didn't run as much last year coming off the horrific ankle injury in 2020. But it seems like they're going to try to run some more RPO with him. Maybe he gets some more carries. He is a QB one. He has obviously still some good weapons there. Um, and you know, moving on to running back, he has Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is a better running back of those two now. He's younger. He's more dynamic. He's quicker. Um, obviously, he doesn't have as many miles on his tires um, as Ezekiel does, even though Ezekiel's about to be 27. Probably more the body of a 30-year-old, the way he's been, you know, beaten up since 2016 when he came into the league. So Ezekiel is still a, you know, RB2 option for you because I think he's still going to get, you know, get you 10 touchdowns just because he's always going to be that dynamic goal line back for Dallas. And Pollard's the guy's going to be more of the home run threat for them now. You know, consistent flex option. Would definitely recommend getting both of them if you could just have the handcuff to him. C.D. Lamb's a guy I loved coming out of Oklahoma. I hated when Dallas drafted him. So I think he's finally going to be the number one receiver for them after Amari Cooper was traded. Uh, Michael Gallup is still there. They have James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, um, guys like that. But C.D. Lamb is the clear-cut number one receiver. I think he's ready for it. He's going to be at least our wide receiver, two in fantasy purposes. Daxon looked to him early and often. See him having, you know, 13, 1,400 yards receiving. He had some drop problems his first few years, but I think it's obviously more of a concentration issue. I think once he rectifies that, um, again, he's going to be a top option in fantasy. And then Dalton Schultz, he's going to be franchise tag. Um, but he is a tight end one in this league as well, just because, like I said, there's not as many tight end one options in fantasy. But Dalton Schultz is another guy that can get you 700, 800 yards. And we lean on even more now that Mario Cooper is gone, especially in that middle of the field. And then you got Philly. You got Jalen Hurts. Um, still not really sold on him as a long-term quarterback for them. Um, basically off his throwing capabilities, but he's a guy that you want as a, your quarterback in fantasy. I look for mobile quarterbacks in fantasy just because you can get those extra points with rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So Hurts, Hurts is the guy is the guy to go after because he's going to probably get you a rushing touchdown game or close to it in 50 to 60 yards rushing, regardless of what he does, you know, throwing the football. So Hurts is a guy that, you know, definitely you should value as a QB1. Miles Sanders is a guy that continually has injury issues when he is healthy. He's a dynamic threat for Philly out of the backfield. Um, once they committed to running the ball last year, then they finally turned their season around and started playing better. So if they can you know, do that from the jump this year, Miles Sanders is a guy to consider as an RB2, or at least a flex option. A.J. Brown, now the receiver, number one receiver in Philly after the trade coming over from Tennessee. He's in that wide receiver two range too. A lot of contingent on Jalen Hurts plays. Um, AJ Brown obviously is a guy that can get you 1,200, 1,300 yards. If he stays healthy, he's another guy that has some injury issues. Um, but once he's healthy and you know and is on the field consistently, he's obviously one of the best young receivers in the NFL. 
You had Devontae Smith coming into his second year. He broke the rookie record for uh, receiving yards for a um, Eagles player last year. He, I think he can get 1,000 yards as long as Jalen Hurts can play um, consistent football. He's more probably of a flex option, low-end wide receiver too, especially since A.J. Brown is going to be taking up a lot of targets from him. But Devontae Smith is a guy that's only going to get better going into his second year. And then Dallas Goddard, true tight end one in fantasy. Um, Hurts already had a good rapport with him last year. He was his number one option basically throughout the year, even above Devontae Smith. And that's obviously someone that he trusts and looks for um, on crucial situations, third downs, and in the red zone. So Goddard's a guy that you definitely want to target um, to be your top tight end. And then lastly, the Giants, um, there's not really much to talk about. Daniel Jones is not a really draftable quarterback to own in fantasy. Um, Saquon Barkley is coming off an injury riddled year in 2020 and 2021. Missed four games and was really wildly ineffective for the most part. Let's see what he can do do in a a contract year. Um, Obviously, he's still one of the most talented running backs in the league. This hasn't really proven the last couple years. You definitely still want to consider him for your flex options. Um, especially you want to see what he does now in a Brian Dayball-led offense. You know, Dayball is one of the best play callers in the NFL his last couple years in Buffalo, so to see if you can use Saquon and uh, put him in opportunities to concede uh, right away for New York. Kenny Galladay, you know, maybe a wide receiver four or five, another guy that has a lot of injury issues. He's always been a very good red zone target. If he could stay healthy, again, maybe someone you could have on your bench and start if you have a lot of guys on buy or injured. Kadarius Toney is probably has the most upside in that wide receiver room. Um, he had that really good game last year against the Giants where he had a 10-catch, 100-yard performance. Um, he's had some immaturity issues, some injury issues. But again, if he can you know, get those right, Tony could probably be a flex option for you. Um, again, a lot of outside factors continues, you know, are contingent on that and of someone that you really want to trust. And Sterling Shepard's always a good guy to have in PPR. He's a guy that's always been a good slot receiver for the Giants and someone that you can count on, at least on your bench. So that's another guy to consider, but he's coming off Tony Achilles as well, so you have to take that in consideration. And really, there's no tight end to speak of there. Ricky Seals-Jones, a former Washington player, is a starting tight end. Um, he can make some plays for you. I mean, maybe a tight end two or a tight end three, another guy that, again, if there's not many true, really good tight ends in fantasy this year, but these last couple of years, if you're in a pinch, our Ricky Seals-Jones might be someone to consider. Well, with that, that includes Room Around League episode. Fantasy football drafts are coming out throughout the summer. So now's a great time to start talking about it and for guys for you to look for in your drafts. Hopefully, Washington has some good options for your fantasy teams. That result in wins for your fantasy team, but also for the actual football field as well for the commanders. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL Scout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.